This is Liz Reed. This is my podcast called Liz Life Guru. I'm a practicing therapist here in Michigan. This show will focus on addiction, mental health issues from beginning to end. I am also in recovery for the past 20 years and have plenty of topics that can help you from A to Z. So let's get started. Gina, when do you think it's time to get some therapy? God, I knew when I needed therapy, but a lot of people don't. And there's a lot of people who think getting therapy is a sign of weakness because oh, yeah. I, because they can handle it all on their own. They don't need anybody to mm-hmm. give them that advice. Mm-hmm. So for someone who is struggling in whatever, mm-hmm. um, with whatever issue, um, I you know it's always good to talk it out with a therapist, mm-hmm. someone. That's an update um, healthy attitude. A lot of people don't feel that way, though, right? Right. Yeah, and there's a lot of people who say, "Oh, I'm I I'm not going to talk to anybody because I don't want anybody in mm-hmm. my business." But then they'll tell 18 people their problems. Sure. Yeah. So um, I think if anybody thinks mm, maybe I should talk to somebody, yes, that's the time they should talk to it. Yes, they should talk to somebody. Yeah, and you know your religion can play a part in that. Go talk to somebody in your religion. Yeah, that. But unfortunately, a lot of times that maybe your pastor, your uh, rabbi or whatever, and they're not trained as a professional in in, uh, psychotherapy. So there's that's a whole different subject, right? right? Um, Talking to somebody, talking to your family, there's that passionate connection. So let's say, you know, you're my sister and I'm like, and you're trying to tell me something. I'm like, oh, Gina, you've always been like that. You know, you always get upset over those kind of things. Just let it go. So when you're talking to a therapist, it's not that way. It's more objective. Very, very objective. They're just, you know, looking at you as a person sitting in front of them. And often what you come in for is not what you leave with understanding about yourself. Because you're thinking it's one thing that's bothering you and it's something else entirely. Can you ever change the mind of somebody who who is the, is the person who says, I don't need therapy. I'm not talking to anybody. Can you ever help them to understand the benefits? Absolutely. Absolutely. So sometimes there's people who do not want to come to therapy and are forced to come to therapy like husbands or, or wives that will say, you're not, you know, I can't deal with this anymore. You need to get some therapy. You need to get some therapy or we're not going to be together. And I think they throw it out there as a threat. And then they end up coming to therapy and they realize the benefits of it. And they become empowered and they feel better. And then the person who told them to get therapy is now threatened. That Mm -hmm. happens often. I see that a lot. Um, The people that, you know, think they need it, throw that out there. And it's they come back with an attitude, a self-confidence and a feeling of well-being that they didn't expect that person to have right? We realize things about uh, what's going on in our life that is affecting us on the day to day. And it could potentially be the person who told you to get therapy, right? So we have the basic things when you know someone needs therapy or medication. So what's the difference there? When do we need medication? When do we need therapy? Or do we need a combo of both? Well, let's just take major depressive disorder, which used to be depressive disorder. So it's major depressive disorder now. Depression is one of the number one things we have in the world right now, that everybody is suffering from depression. It is an epidemic, the amount of depression and suicide that we see, especially in colleges. One of the things is, when we look at depression, we kind of think of depression as, wouldn't you agree, like, feeling a little down, having a few down days in a row, some things are going on, I don't know. So there's situational depression. Situation is the situation you find yourself in that legit's being depressed, work, 
issues, relationship issues, death of someone, uncertainty in your life, existential crisis, whatever it may be, the situation you find you're in, or you're stuck in your life and you're not moving forward, that would be situational depression. So medication comes in when that situational depression turns into a biological depression, where your brain stops producing enough dopamine and serotonin, which helps you to want to get up in the day, look at it as an adventure instead of, I don't want to face it, I just want to sleep, right? So when we get to that point, that's when we definitely need to take medication and get therapy. Can you do one and not the other? Sure. You can do one and not the other. So let's say your depression isn't that bad. You're just going through some situational things and you just need to talk some stuff out. So people will often come to me and say, I don't like to talk. I don't want to talk. I'm not really a talker. I don't even know what we're going to talk about. And I will say, leave that up to me. We're going to figure out what we're going to, you know, so I'll ask them typical questions. Are your mother and father alive? How many siblings do you have? Um, oh, well, that's a whole nother story. Well, okay, we'll get to that later. Um, do you have any children? Are you married? Yes. And I can tell by that tone. And then I'll say, how well do you get along with your husband? How well do you get along with your children? You know, what's going on? Where do you work or do you work? And from there, I can tell by how they talk about their family members and their situation, uh, possibly things that could be upsetting. But a lot of times they leave stuff out. So there's no magic pill. They have to come and they have to talk it through. At yeah. what point then is it deemed that, okay, we've been talking for some time and maybe they need a little something? When they, you know, like I said, they can't get out of bed. They can't find joy in their day. They can't get to work. They're sleeping or awake more, which it can go into mania. Mm -hmm. So if you're sleeping too much or you're sleeping too little, it can cause a break in psychosis. Okay. You can have a psychotic break where you go into mania, where you're so strung out and you're so up that you are up for days on end and then you crash and burn. That's when medications have to come in. Sometimes after somebody's lost somebody, we need a little bump mm -hmm. to help them get over the edge, take a little antidepressant. Women now, um, um, PMS, premenstrual um, <clears throat> pre syndromes is now in the DSM-5. It is a legitimate diagnosis. So for a lot of women, they can um, take a antidepressant um, for a couple weeks during their menstrual cycle. And this helps them through, uh, it helps stabilize their mood through those very difficult times when people have really horrible periods. I don't know about you, but I did. I had, I had endometriosis, so mine were unbelievable. So the mood swings mm -hmm. were absolutely terrible. So that's when, you know, it is effective to have somebody to talk to who can refer you to a psychiatrist or a doctor to help you over the edge so, so so sometimes then sorry to cut you no, off no, but, no. So, but so sometimes is, is it's your psychotherapist is dealing with one thing but then you have to go to somebody else to do the medical the yes the medication portion mm -hmm. of it because i can't write scripts okay so that's the difference between a psychotherapist and a psychologist, psychologist. Uh, that has a doctor in psychology somebody like that and then also psychiatrists as well. We um, There's 100% employment rate for psychiatrists. We have way too many. It's absolutely impossible to get an appointment with a psychiatrist or a very long wait. And a lot of times we can't wait that long. So many times I will refer them 
to their general practitioner that can prescribe something mild for them to get them, you know, help them in the interim until they can get to a psychiatrist. Sometimes if people are suicidal, though, we have to have a psychiatrist involved. People don't handle death of siblings or children very mm-hmm. well, and we'll need a psychiatrist that can prescribe mood stabilizers, things like lithium to help them with suicidal ideation. It's very effective for that, and antidepressants, and that needs to be monitored very closely. So what we're talking about is something a lot lighter than that, not so deep. But let's say you know, you're just going day to day, and you feel stuck. Right? You're, right, you're stuck. I, I talked to a patient that I've talked to before. I like my patients come and go, and I'm happy with that. I have a bunch that stay with me forever. I have some that come and go, some that are fixed that I don't hear from for years, but it's never a big ending. It's always like when you need me. So it's okay then to say, okay, hey Liz, I need help now, and yes. then six weeks, six months. Mm-hmm. whatever mm-hmm. say you know what i think i'm doing good i'm gonna check out for a time mm-hmm. being but but i can come back if i'm that you can yes. have that kind of relationship with a psychotherapist absolutely and i think you should do that okay? Oh, okay that's not exactly how we're trained we're supposed to terminate the relationship have an exit interview all this kind of stuff i kind of you know i'm more new age about all of that when you need me give me a call don't worry about it i'll talk to you when you need me i just had a patient who came back to me yesterday and I was so happy to hear from her. For some reason, I have some kind of photographic memory memory bank that I can remember everything they were talking about mm-hmm. when I saw them last and what was going on, even years later. It's strange. People will say, how do you remember that? I'm like, I, I really don't know. But, <laughs> you know, I have, I have my notes, but I seem to know more than that. And that's helpful because people feel as though you give a shit. that you're listening. And so that's very important who you pick for your therapist, right? So as I started talking to her, she's one of my young ladies. She's 20 years old. Um, I said, what's going on? What's going on? I'm sleeping all the time. I'm going to school. I'm this, I'm that. And as we picked through it, I'm like, you're stuck is where you are. You're stuck. Do I need meds? I'm like, you don't need meds yet. we're We're not that far yet. Let's talk about why you're stuck. Why are you stuck? You're stuck because you're in a dead-end relationship with a guy who's not calling you back. You're stuck because you don't have a job that you enjoy. You're stuck because you have too much time on your hands, too much time to think, and you live in a really small town, and you're living with your parents. Let's start. Are you working out? No. That's one of the most effective things you can do is start working out again. That's going to happen. And she's a volleyball coach, but she doesn't work out, So it and, and it's only in season, so mm-hmm. it only goes for so long. So, you know, we first hit those topics first. You know, what what do you need to do now that could possibly help you? I have another patient that I go over their medications. A patient I just started with a few weeks ago, she's like a different person. I'm not a doctor. I don't claim to be a doctor, but I know a lot about medications, and I make it a point to know a lot about medications. So when they list all their medications for me, I can see what's going on there. Right. You would be shocked at what doctors prescribe patients and then you can advise you like, need to talk reach to your out doctor. to we reach out to your medical professional yeah we call that coordination of care so i'm always there i'm always have your doctor call me let me talk to your doctor what is your doc you know I'll, and do they have to sign a release sure the doctor usually sends me something and then i sign off on it so it, for people who are listening who'll be like well i don't want her talking to them or i don't want them talking to her yeah so they have to agree to it Everybody, to, all yeah. parties have to agree you to should, it. but coordination of care hasn't been around that long maybe i don't know uh, 15 years 
And it is far more effective to have your doctor talking to your therapist, who's talking to your chiropractor, who's talking to your neurologist, or whatever your case may be. If we're all coordinating our care, then we know what's effective for the patient. Often I see this, this, this young lady came to me with a list, you know, a foot long of all the medication she was on, Adderall twice a day, pain pills, um, sleeping aids, uh, uh, stuff for fibromyalgia, blah, blah, blah. And I'm had like, different people res- had, uh, had prescribed this? No, most of it was oh. her rheumatologist and her doctor. I'm like, are they not coordinating care together? So that's one of the things I pride myself on is knowing about medications she, when I first talked to her, she was like, I was like, whoa, 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 slow down. I can't even understand. You're taking Adderall how many times a day? <laughs> you know, you're not, and you're wondering why you're not sleeping. And what else are you taking? Another thing to keep you awake? And you wonder why you're not sleeping? You need to go in and talk to your doctor about A, B, C, D, E, F, G and tell them what's going on. Plus, she was profusely sweating nonstop. So if you don't know much about your medicines that you're taking, which is extremely important, how are you going to know what you should be taking and what's affecting you? So something like that by her... By you coordinating the care, yeah. she made a lot of progress, I would, oh I would my gosh. think, in a short amount of time because you Absolutely. went, wait a minute, these these aren't working well together. In three weeks, she's off half of her medications, all through with her doctor because she right. brought it up to them, half of the medications. She's sleeping seven to eight hours a night. She hasn't missed, she was missing work four days a week, four days a week go, m- coming in late. She's there at 7 a.m. every day, hasn't missed work once, is back at the gym twice a week and eating an entirely different diet because I educate myself on diet and nutrition all the time to help her. She was eating nothing but red meat and potatoes and going and getting like giant uh, dairy queens with all the stuff in them daily. That's like a thousand something calories of sugar. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, honey, wait a minute. Do you know what this is doing to you? How this is making you feel? Your insulin levels are spiking and dropping, spiking and dropping. No wonder you can't sleep. So coordination of care, and she's a different girl. Yeah, an entirely different person. She's like, oh, my God, I've never felt better in my life. Does she notice a difference? Oh, yeah. She's like, I can't believe it. So great time. Great that she reached out and said, help me. Mm -hmm. Her husband said, you need to talk to somebody because you're nuts. (laughs) We hear a lot of that. Well, sometimes you got to be direct, right? Yeah. So, you know, I'm on psychology today, um, which is a great source because you have to pay to be on there and everything is vetted. They know everything about you. Your license is vetted. They know, you know, exactly what you do. You list everything you do, everything that you know, what type of clientele you want to treat. I'm very open and honest. You've read my uh, Liz uh, Reed uh, mm-hmm. bio. It's very, you know, it tells you who I am, what I am, what I'm all about, and I'm direct and, and forward and what I try to, how I will help you. So you, you know, when you decide that talking to your family ruminating if you're spending excessive amounts of time ruminating about things in in bed at night if it if your daily life is affecting you to the point of discomfort dismay um to suicidal ideation or feeling like is this all there is is this my life is it oh god you know the holidays are coming things like that if you're not enjoying any part of your life that's time to get therapy it is time to get therapy so i encourage you to read through the bios 
and look at the people and really analyze what you need from somebody. But even in that, if you find somebody that you're talking to and you don't like them, move on to the next one. Do people take it personally? Like if someone comes, because I hear this often from friends, well, I've been with this therapist forever, but I'd feel guilty if I left her. I don't really think it's working. Do, mm-hmm. do therapists take it personally? Like, hey, I've been coming to you for six months and mm-hmm. I don't I don't feel the connection. We're not making progress. I'm going to move on. Absolutely. Is that okay? I mean, do, do therapists? Sure. You should be if you're a professional and you should understand human nature. People are going to want to move on. Sometimes you've tapped out everything you can say. They need a new perspective from somebody else to make sure that you're right, right? I have I have patients that have said, I want to move on to full-time DBT, like we were talking about, dialectical behavioral therapy. Move into that full-time. Well, that's not my expertise. Absolutely, I encourage you to do that. Or behavioral therapy um, for people with borderline or bipolar disorder or severe addiction. If they need behavioral therapy to manage their behaviors, that's not my specialty. You know, I, but what I do is I can I can help you with how you think about yourself. I'm uh, CBT, cognitive behavioral therapy, how you think about yourself and what you say to yourself. That is the most vital thing in the world for you to know and to do is treat yourself well. And if you're talking to yourself negatively, then you're only shooting yourself in the foot. So that's time to get therapy. So it's important that you find somebody that you mesh with, that you enjoy, that is good for you, that you, can, that you can't wait to tell them what's going on in a week. Uh, they're your soft place to fall, your go-to person, and that is a healthy relationship. That's where therapy is supposed to be. Therapy, yes, if you've suffered a severe amount of trauma, a lot of people say, I don't want to talk about it again. I, I, I don't want to talk about it again. I don't want to go to therapy and drag all this shit up and get into it. But unless it's spoken, unless it's talked to with somebody who knows what they're talking about and what to say back to you, you're going to stay in the same exact rut and be ruled from the grave by whoever your perpetrator was or the villain in your life or whoever is conducting how you feel about yourself for the rest of your life until somebody can help you purge that. So I highly suggest that you find somebody that can help you feel better about yourself. If they don't know what you need to know, like if they say, I don't get into that, I don't get into that, well, then they're not for you. So if they, if you want to know about medication, if you want to know about how you should eat, if you want to know about exercise, as well as your mental health, pick your therapist correctly. Find somebody who works for you. And it's as easy as that. Coupled with the fact that if you have a therapist that uh, that's going to work with a medical doctor that is going to coordinate the care, so so that all the medications and your care absolutely are work are together. Absolutely, the more people involved with your care, your doctor, your psychiatrist, your therapist, whoever it may be, the better off you will be, and the healthier you will be at the end of the day. Thank you, Gina. The information in this podcast is for educational purposes only and is not meant to replace treatment or diagnosis by a qualified mental health professional. 